Welcome, everyone, to Free Talk Live Radio, where you control the airwaves. Which you could do so by calling in at 855-453-F is in freedom. That's 855-450-3733. Today, I'm your host, Vincent, and we're joined by... It's Ian. And, boy, do we have... Uh, the, well, I, was, I, was, I can't think of anything special, special to say the... Um, the same old, same old, although regarding uh, coronavirus, except the tyranny is getting worse. We have Governor Cuomo orders New Yorkers to wear masks in public. Not asking, mm. ordering. Uh, so we're going to talk about all the uh, very, you know, the very beneficial stuff that's being spent on, that the stimulus checks are being spent on. Uh, a Harvard study has a uh, a new date, right? We've heard uh, was it Trump wants to reopen the country by May first. Uh, the longest I've heard people say talk about delaying is on is eighteen months. I remember, but uh, Harvard uh, Harvard study has a new date. Americans are lonelier now more than ever during the coronavirus yep. lockdown. We're going to be definitely talking about that. Uh, you'll never guess who pressed Bernie Sanders into dropping out, and a uh, another Republican is trying to court the Libertarian Party presidential oh, no. Because that's the thing, you know, when, when I think of what well, we will find out, that's mm-hmm. the thing. When, when I think of the Libertarian Party and their candidates, nothing else comes to mind other than a Republican. And uh, so I'll begin, and uh, I'll begin here. Governor, this is from the Intelligencer. To reduce the spread of a coronavirus, Governor Cuomo issued an order on Wednesday requiring New Yorkers to wear masks in public when they're not able to maintain six feet of social distancing. The order, which goes into effect on Friday, well, if it's that important, why wait? I mean, why not just have it go into effect immediately? But all right, it's going to go into effect on Friday. will have a significant impact on crowded places like supermarkets and public transportation and is certain to change the look of public spaces, at least for the foreseeable future. Quote, stopping the spread is everything, Cuomo said in his announcement. How can you not wear a mask when you're going to come close to a person? Cuomo added that local governments would enforce the rule, though people without masks would not be kicked off buses or subway cars. Okay. Last week, a video circulated of a man who is violently removed from a bus by police in Philadelphia for not wearing a face face covering, leading to the city's changing its policy. While New York had issued civil fines for violators, there will be no criminal repercussions. Quote, you're not going to jail for wear, for not wearing a mask. What happens if said. I don't pay the fine? Well, uh, gee, that's, that's a very good question. So they're saying that masks are required in public when you have to be within six feet of somebody that was the sort of the qualifier there yeah yeah and in new york it's one it's a very population dense city so uh, so basically yeah, you, everywhere yeah everywhere I mean, it's it's um now this is the governor of new york so it's not just we're not talking about new york city here we're talking about the entire state yeah right? oh yes yes okay yes. Similar orders have already been issued across the country. Last week, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy announced that residents, except for those under the age of two and those with relevant medical conditions, must wear face masks inside stores. In Puerto Rico, Governor Wanda Vasquez issued a similar order with businesses instructed to prohibit entry to those without some kind of face covering. What was the other state? I'm sorry. Uh, it's not a state. Or, uh, this was Puerto Rico, oh, Puerto Rico. The, uh, which is a territory, and uh, New Jersey. Well, according to TribLive.com, uh, the story here is that Pennsylvania has now the government there. The gang has ordered businesses to turn away any customers who don't wear masks. So they're having the businesses enforce this. 
So uh, we're, we're not getting a break. These businesses now. First, you know, they right. uh, they you've got to be even the essential ones now. They're, they're being forced to uh, turn away turn away customers. Right. Yeah, you've already got a, a tremendous decline in customers because government gangs are forcing people or threatening them to stay at home. But for those who are willing to come out, now you can't serve them in Pennsylvania if they don't have a face mask on. Well, all in the name of saving granny. As New Yorkers get used to the sight of a midtown sidewalk full of masked faces, Cuomo provided some practical guidance for the new rules. He said that a mask wouldn't be required when you're walking down an empty street. But but if you're at... But, he, but quote... You're now at an intersection, and there are people at the intersection, and you're going to be in proximity to other people. You would be required to tie up. Tie up who? Uh, I guess I mean mask up. Tie up up. yourself. Yeah. One, uh, One pragmatic concern the governor did not address, the prevalence of masks, of mask wearing in the city as summer weather rolls in. Which, I'd say there's a lot more uh, issues than that, but... I don't know if you saw the picture. It shows uh, Chuck uh, was a Chuck Schumer, who's the senator from New from New York, uh, New York State. He you know showed him wearing the mask with his nose exposed. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a few so, politicians like that. And I mean, I don't know. Does that mean they never they they never had to wear a face mask or before? Or I mean, I don't know maybe Probably. it's just uncomfortable. You know, Chuck Schumer has a pretty big nose, but it's like what if, what if someone's not wearing a mask properly? Are the police going to go in and? Uh, oh, I suspect them? they will. So I wonder if that'll happen to the senator. Um, no, oh, I, mean, I doubt that. I mean, you've seen, we were talking about it on your uh, after show, Questioning Authority, last night. The photographs of these bureaucrats just standing right next to one another at all these press conferences, act, you know, telling you that you've got to socially distance while they themselves are basically shoulder to shoulder. Oh, yeah. And then they, at the end of these, uh, at the conferences, they shake each other's hand, you know, <laughs> t- pat each other on the back and such. I mean, it's like it's the biggest joke. And people wonder why some people think that there's no virus, that this is all just a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. So we have a uh, stimulus checks are being sent on spent on dildos, tigers, guns and stripper poles. So this is from the New York Post. No, it's not from the Babylon Bee. No, it's not from the Onion. Uh, this is, I mean, at least it's, it's, at least with these stupid impulse buys, it's helping the economy, right? Right? But uh, um, Yeah, the economy is going to be screwed, I think. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it helps the economy just as much as if a government, some government goons took a, a crowbar and smashed every single window on Main Street. Yeah. And then the... the give you a check. Well, yeah, the check so you could spend it on getting your glass repaired. Stimulus checks are funding a national pandemic of impulse buys. Americans began receiving the first batch of coronavirus. Let's just use pandemic for everything. Why not? <laughs> well, what's your understanding? Okay, I'll, I'll pull up the definition. What's your understanding of pandemic? Well, it's actually here? probably a better uh, use than calling the COVID-19 a pandemic because it has to be widespread in order for it to be a pandemic. Well, here, just just typing in pandemic into Google, you, know, you mm-hmm. get the dictionary adjective. A prevalent over a whole uh, of a disease prevalent over a whole country or the world. Yeah, and so, so if we're talking about a buying habit, then there could be a pandemic of a buying habit because it also could mean simply universal, uh, not having to do with the disease. Generally, it does have to do with disease, but uh, so yeah, if they're saying that a bunch of people are going out buying a bunch of crap, then you could say that is a pandemic of buying. Well, and do, but do you think so? Uh, why don't you think COVID nineteen is a pandemic? I mean, because it's, it's not widespread. Well, well, what's, it's what's not your prevalent. Defi- it's okay. Definition here is that it has to people be who prevalent. Are, who have active, like you're talking about active cases. Whatever, it's not prevalent. It, you know, prevalent means widespread, meaning that it's everywhere. 
not, and by everywhere, I don't mean like some arbitrary geographic boundaries, like, well, we've got five cases in South Dakota or whatever, right? Like there's, there's obviously cases all around the world, but it's not prevalent in that. How many people do you know that have it? None. I know one person who's had it. He beat it. Everything's okay uh, with him. And I know one person who says she has a daughter and a granddaughter who contracted it and also beat it. Um, but I don't, you know, that's just kind of like hearsay, basically. I only know one person who's claimed that uh, that he's actually had it. And they, these people are most likely in New England? Uh, the one person who had it is in New York City. New York City, okay. And for, for me, like most of the people I've been talking to are from New England and mm-hmm. uh, even some in, in Texas. Like no one I know even knows anyone who has any of the then cases. Then by definition, it's not prevalent. I mean, just, just from my anecdotal experience, though. When it's, but that's just it. That's all you have to go by, because otherwise you have to trust the government numbers. But even by those numbers, it's still a fraction of a fraction of the population that has come down with this thing. So it's not prevalent, because most people don't have any kind of effect in their lives over this. Or maybe they did have it, and they didn't realize it, because it was just that unremarkable. You know, maybe they beat it and didn't, you know, just figured it was another cold or something like that. But maybe, you know, Ian, I mean, all the social distancing, it's working, right? We got to thank the government for it not being prevalent. What about Belarus? Let's check in on the numbers and see how that's looking. Uh, so what they are don't you, do that crap. So what, what are you planning on spending your checks on? 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back, everyone, to Free Talk Live Radio, where you control the airwaves, which you can do so by calling in at 855-453-F F is in freedom. That's 855-450-3733. I'm Vincent. In studio, we have... It's Ian. And before we get to the phone lines, I want to talk to you about Bitcoin.com. So Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin Cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. That's local.bitcoin.com Before you get to the phones, um, I did say I was going to check on the numbers from Belarus, Ooh, yes. uh, which is the former Soviet state that's over uh, sandwiched in between Poland and Russia, Lithuania, and Ukraine. And you may have heard the news that the authoritarian dictator in, in Belarus had announced a few weeks back or several weeks ago or however long it's been uh, about this whole COVID-19 thing that he thinks that the folks in Belarus should grab some vodka and go to a sports game. Uh, so he has not put down any kind of you know restrictions unless they've come down within the last couple of weeks and I have not heard anything about it. If you have, let us know. But according to the website that's tracking the cases of uh, COVID-19, which is called ArcGIS, A-R-C-G-I-S, Belarus has 4,204 cases confirmed, 40 deaths in Belarus, so they're not 
remarkable in any way, shape, or form. There are nearly 10 million people, 9-plus million people in Belarus. So you're talking about a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the you know population that has been infected with this. And their economy is doing fine, or, or not, not not the economy. They haven't shut down their economy. They haven't done anything. From what I fine. understand, they have too. not. I mean, and now, now there may be some voluntary things that have gone into place. I don't know, right? Like business owners obviously are free to do the things they want to do in a free in a free place, which Belarus is not a free country, but it's seeming freer than a lot of places right now. So I just thought it was interesting to pull up those numbers that, you know, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's ironic. Nothing it's worth like, speaking of there. Freedom is relative, um, where you have this dictatorship being more free than you, or at least the way it's responding yeah. to it. I mean, if a business wants to say, all right, customers, you will not be coming into our store unless you're wearing a mask, that should be their free choice. And if another business wants to say, we'll let anybody in, we don't care, you come in at your own risk, well, then that should be their choice as well. And then I, as a customer can get to choose which business I want to go to. To me, it's an easy choice. I'm going to the place that's going to let me in without a mask. And I and then we would actually have market signals telling business owners what people actually want. Because instead, what you have is a bunch of bureaucrats, like in Pennsylvania, uh, where they're telling business owners, you have to uh, restrict any customers from wearing... They, all customers must wear masks. And now it's going to be the business owner's responsibility to enforce this government rule, which it's, is sick. Just imagine, I wonder if, like, if someone told you a year ago that... By this time, the government would force would force businesses to do all these ridiculous things and force people to wear a mask. Would you have believed me? Uh, maybe. I mean, it's a crazy world. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, we wouldn't put anything above them. Uh, but so waiting patiently, we have Dave from New Hampshire listening. Uh, thank you for the call. What's on your mind? Yeah, speaking of Belarus, one of the free staters here in New Hampshire is from Belarus, and now he's been elected to the state legislature. Huh. He's a complete badass. Cool. Good to know. So what's up, Dave? Uh, but but I was talking. I was calling about something else. Um, so like the times like this are the most important time to watch the government for all the things they're doing while we're distracted by COVID, right? All okay. the abuses they're committing and so forth. So one small thing I noticed here in Winchester, where I live, uh, is that um, the the uh, authorities apparently arrested a guy here in or someone here in Winchester, and it was a semi-secret arrest. Mm-mm. They announced that they were not going to name the person. They, they were like they haven't said who they arrested. That's unusual. Yes, and uh, I don't know if it's I don't know if this is related to the COVID thing. They did announce that it was a domestic case. Obviously, at least they did announce it, so it's not completely secret. Uh, and the person has been released. It's not like they're still being held or anything like that. They were released on bail. Uh, huh. They said it was a domestic violence case. But so you've tried to follow. So hold on. How did you get catch wind that this even happened in the first place? So I started a newspaper here in Winchester, just mainly for my neighborhood in mm-hmm. relation in response to the crisis. Uh, because if you think about it, you know, me- mainstream media are having more and more trouble operating. Uh, and sure. everything is just getting more and more local for now, and it may continue along these lines for a while. Uh, so anyway, that's been my longstanding plan, would be to just start a newspaper wherever I was when mm-hmm. crisis struck, if it ever struck, and now it, now it struck. So I've got, so I'm, I'm focusing more on, on my own town than I normally would. It's sort of against my policy on the Ridley Report to focus on my own town where mm-hmm. I'm living. Uh, that's why I had such good relations with Bedford 
established. Okay, but how did you find out about the arrest? Uh, So it was announced on the Winchester PD Facebook page. Uh Uh-huh. And they didn't say who it was. So did you try contacting the police department directly to inquire about that? No, I haven't called them. And again, that's a part of my MO and my policy is I will not interact with authorities if I can't safely record the interaction generally. Uh, Now, I could record them and tell them I'm recording, but it's just when you're doing that on the phone, it's again, I have this layer, all these layers of different policies on my channel of what I will and won't do. All right. Uh, Well, I mean, it sounds to me, Dave, uh, like they just left that detail out of the story on Facebook. And maybe if you were to, if you were really curious, I mean, you could contact the police department and see what their official, you know, police logs well, say. And I mean, no, go ahead. It, no, they, they did specifically say, so they said here, quote, the arrestee requested the services of a bail commissioner and was released on standard bail conditions pending arraignment on May 6, 2020 in Keene District Court. The name of the arrestee is not being disclosed in order to protect the identity of the reported victim. Unquote. Oh, interesting. It makes sense with domestic violence cases. I see. Well, again, this is one of those things where if you were to press hard enough, you could probably find out. Um, you could go to... Well, I actually don't even know if they're letting people go into courts. That's another interesting question is can you even go uh, to watch these court hearings? I mean, I've, I've been to a myriad of them over the years, but what sort of restrictions are they putting into place on people in the, the public who want to come and observe... Uh, what's going on? In theory, you could get the court docket for that day, and you could probably use process of elimination or put in a, uh, a Freedom of Information Act request with the police department to retrieve that info. But yeah, it's an interesting uh, claim, and I appreciate you calling to share that. Yeah, with thanks us. for the call, Dave. Uh, I, I, you know, it's unfortunate uh, for domestic violence, but I guess it's just um, evidence more of it. People are losing their minds in this quarantine thing. Oh, you know, obviously, domestic violence has gone on, you know, before the, the, the shutdown, but. Uh, this isn't good. I mean, it's, it's certainly not good on people's psyches, and it's just going to get worse, right? Month number one, we were seeing suicide, increase in suicides, increase in domestic violence, increase in alcoholism and drinking. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd hate to see if this lasts to, what, 18 months, as people are saying. So uh, when we get back, we'll continue talking about what people are spending their stimulus checks on. What are you spending it on? 855-453. This is Free Talk Live. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app, and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. Welcome back, everyone. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio where you control the airwaves. 855-453. F is in freedom. That's 855-450-3733. I'm your host, Vincent. In studio, we're joined by... It's Ian. And we're going to continue talking about the uh, very useful, pragmatic things Americans are spending their stimulus checks on. 
So via uh, from the New York Post, Americans began receiving the first batch of coronavirus relief funds this week, and now many are taking to social media to brag about the assortment of purchases, both strange and savvy. They've okay, already so made this isn't them. an actual like phone survey. This is just picking, plucking things out of social media. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, this is journalism in 2020, of course, <laughs> right. but, but the thing is, OP, it's not just people like bragging or saying people are posing screenshots of their carts and the receipts from mm-hmm. the order details. Uh, among the more trivial items people have reportedly used the extra bucks on is inflatable dinosaur costume, although the buyer argues a $35 get up was totally worth it. Um... Effort, I'm buying a stripper pole with my stimulus check. We have to invest in our future, tweets a future exotic dancer. Some are jokingly planning to team up so they could use their economic impact payments to buy a baby tiger. It's uh, buying canopied beds. Uh, here's this person. Stimulus car, a check came in the morning and I immediately paid off my credit card and bought my first toy. Uh, and I can't read the second part. People are buying dildos and vibrators with it as well. Uh, paintball equipment, which uh, is actually pretty expensive. Paintball is way more expensive compared to um, Airsoft. Um, Well, that's really nice for all those folks. I'm glad that they are so well off uh, that that is what they can afford to spend (laughs) their stimulus checks on. Because obviously they don't need food. No, no, not not in this country, yeah. Although if the the shutdown continues, I wonder if we might start to see food shortages at least... The last time I went to the grocery store here in Keene, there was like we started to see some bare shelves. So that was discerning. Well, the, stuffed animals. It's still, stu- it's still difficult to find toilet paper, at least here in Keene. Last time I was at Walmart, they were totally sold out. Um, and the t- every time before that, they were completely sold out. So, I mean, there are still some items. Uh, hand soap is still relatively difficult to find. It wasn't completely sold out when I was there, but it was mostly really? uh, sold out. Oh, it's not good. So. Uh, well, I'd say though for the toilet paper, that's because of idiots panic buying and right. But you would figure that like it would lighten up a little bit after some amount of time. But it's been out for a solid what month now at least. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And because the the toilet paper run started early, it started way before even the most some of the uh, first draconian measures. Uh, but uh, what I've heard a lot of people, at least in the freedom community, is they're going to be buying guns and gun accessories with her stimulus check. Probably a lot of people are going to spend it on alcohol and drugs, which um, I mean, I, I certainly don't. I certainly don't blame them. Uh, I know what what are what are you planning on spending your stimulus check on, or maybe you've already spent it. You could uh, let us know by calling in eight fifty five four fifty free. That's an F interesting in question. I have no plans because I don't expect to get one. No, I mean, well, I'm I'm ineligible because despite being a taxpayer and despite working, um, I've uh, yeah, I'm um a dependent. So oh really? Yeah. Even though you don't live at home. Yeah, what's on ta- on uh, on my my uh, my parents would put me as a dependent under so tax. So they're returns. gonna get a check. No, no. Oh, if I was under the age of sixteen, uh, then they would get an extra five hundred dollars. I see. And and that's that's the. So you're sort of in no man's land, basically. Exactly. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's awful. And most people I know from a college are listed as dependents by their um, parents, but huh. a lot of the time they're paying their own rent, they're paying their own tuition, they have their own student loan. So it's uh you know college students and young people definitely got screwed over by this thing, and. I don't know. For there's talk of maybe a second 
round of stimulus checks. And I, 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 I well, I probably should. I mean, not not that I not that I approve of essentially a backdoor um, universal basic income, but that money is that money is ours essentially. Anyways, I mean, it's stolen. It's stolen out of our paychecks. I mean, I, I think it would make more sense if a government instead of giving people Wait, which money, money is stolen from your paycheck, the stimulus check. I don't What's, think so. I suspect they're going to print that. Oh, well, well yes, but you, you well, I mean, which means them, they're stealing the value from the money that you already have. Yes, yes. Well, if you want to be pedantic about it, but yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's a good point because most I, I think we you know, when we talk about the deficit, right? There's no point in collecting taxes anymore because if they could just print the money. And and I I hope that there's a mass awakening of people realizing that. Yeah, that's an interesting. I mean, it would be it would be a nice side effect if one of the results of this was that the IRS shut down completely, and then they just went to just straight up inflation to fund the government. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with that necessarily because we have ways to protect ourselves against their inflationary policies by taking your value and putting it into other things. And this is, you know, maybe what some people are going to do with their stimulus check is buy some precious metals and buy some cryptocurrency with it and sort of hedge against what seems to be inevitable. Although I did hear there was a story, and I don't know if it was Mises Institute or the Foundation for Economic Education, but I heard there was one of those libertarian think tanks that put out a piece that suggested that even with all the printing that they're going to be doing with these stimulus packages and you know bailouts and all that the trillions and trillions of dollars that is that's coming uh that there may still be deflation as a result of that presumably because of all the defaulted loans and failed uh businesses and such oh that's a good point i didn't think of that uh and people are hoping that the government would at least get uh would have like a freeze on more put a freeze on mortgages put a freeze on just you know, paying your bills, and I think that might be that has um, happened in a lot of places. New Hampshire has uh, the governor here had issued an order saying that you know if you don't pay your rent, then you can't be kicked out of your house. Oh, oh, I didn't hear that. Wow, mm-hmm. that's um, crazy times we're living in. And uh, so you know, eventually, I- you're supposed to pay it. Oh, I see. So, but the but the landlord or the you know the business or whoever it is, it's you know not just personal uh, rent, but also like business rent, right? Uh, if you don't pay, then the landlord has to give you like a six-month window under which you can like spread out payments or whatever. So they're just not allowed to evict you immediately. Now, of course, is the government going to give people, uh, you know, this is the state government going to allow people to not pay property taxes? Because ultimately the landlord's got to get paid because the government got to get paid. Uh, so the landlord has bills to pay too, specifically the property tax bill that's going to come up in May here well, in New Hampshire. Well, no, that can't happen, Ian, because if, if people don't pay for property taxes, how will kids be able to go to school? Oh wait, oh, wait the, they're not. Yeah, they're not. The schools. Uh, I think. I think it was today. Yes, yeah, Sununu extended the. I saw it on mm. Granite Rock. Yeah, he extended. So now the school year is just done. I mean, well, it's not. It's not done because the kids still have to. Uh, do like online classes or whatever stupid whatever crap. crap. Yeah. yeah, you know what's interesting is uh, that you bring this up because are they gonna reduce the school budgets because they don't have any classrooms that people can go to anymore? Um, I doubt it. They're probably gonna keep the school budgets right where they are because you get all these teachers unions and their contracts and all their you know mandates. And so right now, I think the school is seventy percent or close to it of the, the property tax bill here in Keene. So it's the bulk of the property taxes, and now their services are not what they used to be. No, no, and um, they in uh, at least at least here in Cheshire County, yes, uh, I forget the school um, the school district here in New Hampshire. 
they there's no um, school, uh, there's no break, there's no spring break, just because you know students have been on spring break mm-hmm. essentially for um, the past month or an extended spring break, and parents it's driving parents crazy. Um, although I mean, like I, I I haven't seen any of the materials, the uh, take home materials. I, I don't imagine it's 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 that difficult. Um, but I don't know. How about, how about you? Are you a parent who's forced to become a homeschooler? Uh, let, you could let us know how that, how that is by calling in at 855-450-FREE. That's F as in freedom, F-R-E-E, or 855-450-3733. That could be one of the real good side effects of this is people who otherwise would have been too busy to really, oh, yeah, I like the idea of homeschooling, just too busy. You know, the kids are going to the school. Everything's fine. Well, now the kids aren't going to the to the government school. Now they're at home, and now you've got more time on your hands in a lot of cases if you worked at some job that's been frozen. Maybe you're looking at homeschooling. Maybe parents now are seriously considering this as an option. Oh, yeah. and uh, We can just, hope. Yeah, absolutely, and see just how much better it is than public school. 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. Uh, coming up, Harvard has a new social distance timeline. Oh, God. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be very reasonable. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back, everyone. This is Free Talk Live Radio, where you control the airwaves. You can do so by calling in at 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. I'm your host, Vincent, and in studio, we're joined by... It's Ian. And before I get to Harvard's new... uh, uh, Harvard Studies' new suggestion as to when we uh, should end social distancing, I want to talk to you about AnyPay. Do you wish more? Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Well, now with AnyPay, you can earn passive income for every purchase of those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you receive the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real life business and tell us what you did at AnyPay Inc. Dot com. That's anypayinc.com. And now with the economy, it looks like the economy is on the, uh, on the brink of oblivion. Having access to passive income is more important than ever. So I recommend everyone che- check out anypayinc.com. So here we go, Ian. So originally they said that the social distancing was going to last a month and then Trump wanted to open the country by Easter and then now we're talking about opening it by May or June. Then other people said, and I said, oh, this is crazy when they said, oh, we have to have social distancing for 18 months or at least until there's a vaccine. Well, so now here we go. This is from Harvard. Social distancing until 2022 unless treatment available, right? To, to the year... To, 2022. This is from stories from Breitbart.com. A study by researchers at Harvard University School of Public Health found social distancing practices will likely be requ- be required, not recommended, mm-hmm. be required until 2022, unless treatment or a vaccine becomes available to counter the spread of the infection caused by the novel coronavirus. And now it's you know, the issue with a vaccine is you know you know why you can't go if you have a common cold you can't just go to the doctor and get a shot for it. 
It's because, you know, the um, it's constantly mutating. That's mm-hmm. why we're never able to accurately predict what's going to be the influenza strain. And right. now they're just they just have to, like, take a guess. Exactly. Yeah. With yeah. the flu and most of the time they're wrong. And so now they're expecting us to keep the economy shut down and stay huddled inside hiding from everyone else for for years until they could, you know, come up with some miracle vaccine. Uh, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Published Tuesday at Science. Science. Just, just a magazine's called Science, so we gotta believe it. The study concluded, concluded, intermittent social distancing practices will probably be needed in order to ensure enough hospital capacity for patients critically ill with a COVID-19 infection. My God, there, you can, there's apparently like a YouTube video on YouTube, but I've also, also talked to people personally who've gone into uh, hospitals and uh, we've we've heard of people who've been sent home from hospitals that are working at hospitals because they don't have anybody there. Now, there may be some hospitals where there's, you know, a fairly large number of patients, like ostensibly New York City may have some of those. Uh, but for the most part, there's not much going on in a lot of the United States hospitals. So all of this fear mongering is really it's really frustrating. And Harvard, um, you know, they've got their opinion, and apparently the federal government came out with their recommendations today. I don't know if you heard about that. Oh, well, I think uh, was it what Trump said at his uh, at his meeting uh, via the briefing, right, the daily yeah. briefing, which which took I think it was like six thirty. So no, I was on my way here, uh, so I, I didn't get a chance. Please tell us. Well, um, let's see. I've got the they've got like a, a document that they've released, an eighteen page document. With guidelines for individuals on good hygiene practices, guidelines for employers. Uh, they so this is before we get to the actual like recommendations of how to reopen America. That's what this is. Document is entitled "Opening Up America Again." Uh, so employers are instructed to develop and implement appropriate policies in accordance with federal, state, and local regulations and guidance. Well, is this just guidance? Are you just giving me suggestions? Or are these going to be regulatory mandates, rules that will be threatened by violence of the police and shutting down, you know, stripping business licenses and that sort of thing? I suspect it'll be that. But uh, so they say that you should have in your business, you should have social distancing and protective equipment, meaning plexiglass shields, right, uh, for, to, to, ins- to isolate you from your customers. Temperature checks. Testing, isolating, and contact tracing, sanitation, use and disinfection of common and high-traffic areas, and uh, they say monitor workforce for indicative symptoms, do not allow symptomatic people to physically return to work until cleared by a medical provider, develop and implement policies and procedures for workforce contact tracing following employee COVID test. So it's going to turn the whole country into a germaphobe's utopia. Yeah. It's really frightening. And then uh, so that's that's before you get to phase one, which will be, you know, the, the initial steps in letting people go back to doing business. And again, these are the recommendations from the federal government. You may see even more stringent recommendations coming from uh, state governments as well. And again, they won't be recommendations. There'll be mandates. But they talk about how vulnerable individuals should continue to shelter in place. All individuals, when in public, should maximize physical distance from others. Social settings of more than 10 people, where appropriate distancing may not be practical, should be avoided unless precautionary measures are observed. Avoid socializing in groups of more than 10 people in circumstances that do not readily allow for appropriate physical distancing, i.e. receptions or trade shows. 
So basically saying if you've got a, a convention that you wanted to do, sorry. Oh, you can't you, have you live. Can't. You can't have live theater. You can't have sports event or uh, you know people attending sports events. Yep. You know, no more little league. No more uh, kid. You know, kid right. soccer. This is this is insane. This is it's it's like rewriting the culture. And that's one of the worst and most scariest parts about this uh, because we're just starting this process. And it's going to get worse, and it's going to be – because people are going to have their culture rewritten, uh, it's going to be hard to come back from this at any point because people are going to start treating other people constantly like they're infected and like they're a potential enemy. Like you know, the, the strangers that you walk by in the street who normally you'd smile at uh, or at the very least just simply acknowledge as you walk by, now people are going to be trying to put distance between themselves and everybody that they you know, come within 10 feet of or, or 6 feet or whatever. Uh, employers are instructed to – so the first section was for individuals and what they should avoid doing, which is socializing basically. <laughs> uh, phase one for businesses, encourage telework. Whenever possible and feasible with business operations, uh, close common areas where personnel are likely to congregate and interact. So if you're one of those businesses that had a cafeteria, sorry, got to close that down because there's some businesses that have their own cafeteria because they've got enough staff and they got their own chefs and people that come in there. Minimize non-essential travel and adhere to CDC guidelines regarding isolation following travel. Strongly consider special accommodations for personnel who are members of a vulnerable population. And then they get into specific recommendations for schools and senior living facilities. Gyms, they say, can open if they adhere to strict physical distancing and sanitation protocols. So they're going to eliminate machines from the gyms, right? So maybe instead of having machines right next to one another, they're going to have to put space in between the different machines and things like that. Bars should remain closed. Sorry if you're in the bar business. There's just nothing they can do to help you apparently you can't do anything right the you got to stay closed so that's phase one then you go to phase two now what's phase two this is for states and regions with no evidence of a rebound that satisfy the gating criteria a second time so they've got a certain level of okay well you know new hampshire it looks like you haven't seen a certain increase in cases so therefore you can move to phase two whenever this is going to be right like we don't know uh, phase two, they say again, all vulnerable individuals should continue to shelter in place. All individuals, when in public, should maximize distance from others. S- this time, more than 50 people. You shouldn't go to any social settings. And again, uh, where appropriate distancing may not be practical. So basically saying, again, you have to stay away from people even in this phase two. And continue to encourage telework. Non-essential travel can resume in phase two for employers. They still have to close off common areas where personnel are likely to congregate. And so there's some of the basics there. And then we finally get to phase three for states and regions with no evidence of a rebound that can satisfy the gating criteria a third time where they will then allow even vulnerable individuals to resume public interactions but should continue social distancing Low risk population should continue minimize or should consider minimizing time spent in crowded environments. And then finally, phase three will allow employers to resume unrestricted staffing. So 
Uh, oh, and finally, at phase three, they will allow bars. Specifically, they're, like, they, they're specifically going after bars, saying that they may operate with increased standing room occupancy where applicable. So even they can't go back to normal after phase three. This is, uh, you know, they call it phases, but it reminds me of these uh, communist, like, five-year plans and just t- total, total central control, just totally taking over the economy. And people are just, you know, rolling over and accepting it. Well, not everyone, actually. There's some evidence that people are starting to lose their minds regarding this and are fighting it. 855-453, if you want to call in, it's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture, one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. Free Talk Live. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Free Talk Live Radio, where you control the airwaves, which you can do so by calling in at 855-453 with F is in Freedom. That's 855-450-3733. I'm your host, Vincent. In studio, we have... It's Ian. And Ian, you had a little bit left of Phase 3 to talk about regarding Trump's... Uh, or uh, not, not Trump's, but the federal government's plan to reopen the country. Yeah, I mean, it sounds so optimistic, right? Hey, it's coming back! Everything's coming back! Well, no, apparently not everything is going to be coming back. They've got a three-phase plan here that they are, and apparently this is the guidance being given to state governors. So the states, of course, can adopt these rules, presumably or not. So what sort of a patchwork will we see as far as, you know, when this is all said and done or if it ever is all said and done? Who knows? We do have some specifics from California or at least some uh, scary details from California that I can relate to. Uh, But a lot of this stuff hasn't been nailed down yet. They haven't really made any of this official. But the federal government has made an official 15 or 18 page document that we went through in the last hour with these three different phases, uh, roughly having to do with people individuals and employers and so they will allow these different phases that have to do with when the states uh in question have no evidence of a rebound satisfying some sort of a gating criteria whatever that means like however many people are infected over a certain time frame or whatever i don't know what that exactly what that means but then they allow for different things to happen and the final phase of this is the the most open of the phases, but even still is not like it used to be. 
All right, so this is the end of the document. I'm, I'm at the end of the document. Phase three is where vulnerable individuals can resume public interactions. So prior to this, in phases one and two, they were telling vulnerable individuals, stay home. Don't go out. So they're saying vulnerable individuals can now go out. Uh, they should practice physical distancing. And then when you get to the specifics for employers, they say that gyms can remain open if they adhere to standard sanitation protocols. Bars may op- operate with increased standing room comp- occupancy where applicable. And finally, large venues. This is the part we didn't get to. So, for instance, sit-down dining, movie theaters, sporting venues, places of worship can operate under limited physical distancing protocols. Now, they don't get into details on what that means, so it's going to be up to each state government to make these decisions, or if we actually had freedom, it'd be up to each individual and each individual business to uh, to make these decisions. But that's not how it's going to work. It'll be all top-down, command and control. We'll be still living in uh, a prison planet situation. But they're basically saying that, yeah, you can reopen your movie theater, but you have to have limited physical distancing protocols. So we were talking about this during the break. What does that mean for movie theater? Oh, it's going to be the final nail in the coffin for theaters. It's going to be for that for for malls. Well, if I going to if I'm going into a theater, normally I'm sitting next to people. I'm I'm uh, in a row behind people. There's people behind me in the row behind me. Um, are you are they going to start being? Oh yeah, news movie theaters. You can reopen. You just have to make sure that the previous capacity that you had for 250 people in a theater is now going to be 75. And everybody has to be at least two seats away from everybody else. Maybe that'll be 25. I don't know. I mean, it's. I don't know how insane this is going to end up, but given what we've seen over the last three weeks or four weeks, I expect it to be entirely insane and yeah. completely destructive. Uh, I, yeah, absolutely. And these people who are reporting on it, I mean, they're not re- reporting on or who are uh, suggesting it, reporting on it. They're not saying it reluctantly or uh, with a le- you know lament. Uh, people are getting into it. They're liking it. They you know they like that this is the new normal. Oh, they're excited about protecting everybody. We gotta be st- stay safe, stay home, stop the spread. It's um. Yeah, I uh. Yeah, it's here. So Let I, me give you a clip here from uh from the California governor. Okay, so this was the California was the first state from what from what I've seen in the media over over the last week to come out with something as far as like how to reopen the supposedly reopen the economy. And you knew it was going to be bad. It's California. So we can hope that it won't be this bad in New Hampshire, but we don't know how bad it's going to be. So there's six indicators that Governor Newsom in California say will guide California's decision-making about allowing businesses to reopen. The ability to monitor and protect our communities through testing, contact tracing, isolating, and supporting those who are positive or exposed. Contact tracing sounds to me like they're talking about tracking people that have this thing. Oh, absolutely. We're doing that in the United Kingdom with an app that, uh, if you're uh, through the phone. And that app, as I understand it right now, is voluntary, but that may that may change. Uh, the ability to prevent infection in people who are at risk for more severe COVID-19, the ability of the hospital and health systems to handle surges, the ability to develop therapeutics to meet the demand, the ability for businesses, schools, and child care facilities to support physical distancing. So let me repeat that. If you, as a business, cannot support physical distancing as, a, as you know, handed down to you by the California government, you simply won't be allowed to reopen. 
So you will do what they say, install plexiglass, restrict the number of customers that come into your business or whatever arbitrary crap they try to shove down your throat, or they just simply won't let you reopen. And finally, the ability to determine when to reinstitute certain measures, such as the stay-at-home orders if necessary. So until they get all this crap figured out, the governor's saying, we're not going to reopen. This is going to bankrupt the country. Newsom said the changes won't happen all at once. Quote, there's no light switch here. It's more like a dimmer, which is a funny way to, to put it, right? You're, you're dimming the economy down to zero. That dimmer is this toggling back and forth between more restrictive and less restrictive measures. More individual accountability, more individual responsibility as it relates to face coverings, as it relates to practical physical distancing. More individual responsibility if you've been exposed to the virus that we isolate you, he says. And the governor acknowledged the state will, quote, look different as restrictions lift. So again, trying to prepare people like this isn't coming back what you had two months ago it's not coming back he says restaurants won't have as many tables for example quote you may be having dinner with a waiter wearing gloves maybe a face mask dinner where the menu is disposable where your temperature is checked before you walk into the establishment can you imagine this oh we're entering a brave new world um, and, and I think people will uh, accept it. I have, a they ga- will. I have the uh, results of a Gallup poll here. This is from the same article from Breitbart. Uh, they asked people, once government restrictions on social contact are lifted and businesses and schools start to reopen, how quickly do you think you would return to your normal activities, including interacting with people in the public? Only 20% of those surveyed uh, from April 3rd through 5th responded immediately, and 71% said they would, quote, wait and see what happens with the coronavirus before resuming. So this is mm. after the government opens things up. They, wow. Uh, uh, according to the survey, Republicans, 31%, are more likely to predict a return to their normal activities right now. Quote, few Americans are ready to get back to normal right now. And as a country looks to the future, some segments of society have grown even less comfortable with the idea of resuming normal daily activities and interpersonal contacts, Gallup concluded. The Harvard researchers stated in order to implement on and off social distancing, quote, it will be necessary to carry out widespread viral testing for surveillance to monitor when the prevalence thresholds that trigger the beginning or end of distancing have been crossed. They explained the observation that strong temporary social distancing could lead to especially large resurgences agrees with data from the 1918 influenza pandemic in the United States in which the size of the autumn uh, 1918 peak of infection was inversely associated with that of subsequent winter peak after interventions were no longer in place. Treatments or vaccines for the COVID-19 infection would reduce the duration and intensity of social distancing required to maintain control over the epidemic, they explained. So we're holding the country hostage until they get a vaccine out. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going, I mean, I, I don't think that this vaccine is going to be voluntary in a sense. Like, I don't, I like. Oh, I, it'll be voluntary. It's just you won't be able to leave your home it will, if exactly, you don't volunteer. Yeah. yeah, but you're not going to be able to get hired. You're not going to be able to go to the grocery store. You're, you're basically going to be shut out from society. And unless you're self-sufficient, uh, it's going to be take the vaccine or become a bum or a social, or not, not yeah, a bum, become me, a pariah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's second. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd say that's worse than going up door to door with a gun, forcing people to uh, forcing people to take it, because in this case, it gets people to love their their, their, uh, their enslavement. Yep. Uh, eight eight fifty five four fifty free. F is in freedom. It's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. When we come back, we're talking about a study show. Americans are lonelier than ever. And upper mental uh, tolls. This is Free Talk Live.
Welcome back, everyone, to Free Talk Live Radio, where you control the airwaves. You can do so by calling in at 855-453, F is in freedom. That's 855-450-3733. I'm Vincent, your host, and we are joined by... It's Ian. And... Before we start talking about the effect this lockdown is having on people's mental health, I want to talk to you about Divi. The next generation wallet is coming to Divi. In just a few taps, you will be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with her multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When a new Divi wallet launches, because of Divi's relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org. That's D-I-V-I Project dot O-R-G. So now this is from the New York Post, this article. Study shows Americans are lonelier than ever due to coronavirus lockdown. You don't say. And although I will say to uh, to quote the snake from the Little Prince, it is it could be lonely among people too. Four in ten Americans are lonelier now than more than ever before as a result mm-hmm. of a coronavirus pandemic, according to new research. A survey of one thousand and fifty five Americans asked respondents to think about how the outbreak is affecting them and revealed its cause. Lo- it is, it's caused loneliness to hit new heights at 44% of those surveyed. Hear that, Ian? That's another, I guess it's another symptom of, of the uh, coronavirus right. is loneliness. Once again, blaming the coronavirus. They're constantly saying, oh, it's the coronavirus that's shutting things down. Oh, how's the coronavirus affecting you? Well, most of these people, again, it's not prevalent, probably haven't been affected by the coronavirus. They've been affected by the fact that these government gangsters are putting their violent foot down and stopping businesses from being open, putting people out of jobs. Record numbers are you know, going to be out of work here very, very shortly, if not already. And they got nothing to do but sit around. There was some study that showed people are watching eight hours a day of uh, Netflix now. That, that's uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, that's not that's... depressing or anything like that. <laughs> No, I don't even. I, I can't imagine there's that many things that good on Netflix to watch eight hours worth each day. Well, well was it Netflix or was it just streaming? Maybe just content? streaming. Yeah, I mean, what I saw was streaming content. Uh, and it continues. And these feelings of loneliness were found to be part of a wider effect. I mean, hold on. Before you go on, like, I find myself doing this, right? I don't watch a lot of television. But I've, you know, I've got a couple series that I uh, that I like to watch. Uh, I'm watching the Better Call Saul show, for instance, and I find myself watching this, wondering, what will television shows be like in the future? Will they show the old world, or will television dramas and and shows? be sort of brought into this new world where people are masked up everywhere and everybody's socially distancing from each other. Like, I can't even put myself outside of this insanity for long enough to not think about it during one of these shows. So how many other people are sitting there watching, you know, whatever favorite shows they might have, or they're probably through their favorites at this point, if they're watching eight hours a day and they're trying new things. But how many people are just sitting there thinking, oh, look at that. They used to they used to sit together at restaurants. I remember when I used to sit with people at restaurants. You know, like, how depressing is it to watch people living the old way? Because that's how all the shows are. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, at least until they start making new ones, which will be, you know, whenever. Because I, I imagine, like, for theater, like, well, at least for me, my experience in theater, we had to stop because... Production's halted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They can't even finish the last episode of The Walking Dead because really? the editors can't work from home. They've got all the fancy editing equipment and, you know, Warner Brothers or wherever they got to go to. That's, uh, yeah, so, but what I'm thinking is, it's depressing, right? looking at how the way the old things were but they could also if they incorporate social distancing into new shows when when or if they start making them then it's just going to acclimatize people to this new reality More propaganda right? oh absolutely yeah, yeah like operation mockingbird where the uh, the cia would affect uh, would um uh put dictate plot points yep. for uh for media to to uh try and you know essentially brainwash people these uh these feelings of loneliness were found to be a part of a wider effect. If social distancing and quarantining continues, a fifth of respondents, so nineteen percent, said it will have a it will have major implications for their mental health. Yeah. Commissioned by the University of Phoenix, a survey found Americans have a wide variety of concerns in the current moment current moment with health, mental, and physical first on the list. Results revealed respondents' top concern to be their loved one's health, 71%, followed by their own, 61%. Other respondents were worried about experiencing increased anxiety and not being able to pay bills as a result of a pandemic. Three in ten were concerned about missing out on celebrating milestones, while Mm. 27% were worried about feeling feeling prolonged loneliness or depression. 27%. Yes, so about a third. Uh-huh. With so much unpredictability... It's more like six, a fourth. But regardless, it's a significant number. 68% said they feel like everything is out of their control. And 53%... How, much, how many out of control? 68%. Yeah. Well, yes, I mean, uh, like... That's depressing right there. Well, now, maybe of, it ha- now, maybe it hasn't uh, manifested as depression. But to feel as though your life is completely out of your control, oh, to be 68% of Americans to feel that way, which it's true. Yeah, because yeah. most people are doing what they're told, even though they could act free. You know, they could come out. Uh, to Michigan, of course, had the protest yesterday. I think they covered it on uh, Free Talk Live. You guys covered it last night. Yes, yes, we did. Uh, the people, you know, coming out and blocking the streets and, you know, having this motorized protest. Uh, we've, we've got one happening in Concord, New Hampshire on Saturday. So, like, you know, you could act like a free person. You could go out and stand up for yourself and your freedom. But... If you buy all the government propaganda about this disease, you'd be afraid to do that. Well, so it's working brilliantly. Absolutely, but you know there might be uh, an upside to all the social distancing. Here we have this Dr. Dean Aslinia. While quote, while many people only associate negative feelings of social distancing, there could be several benefits embedded in such opportunities. Hmm. Who's he's the um, counseling department chair at the University of Phoenix? Reach out to an old friend, but instead of texting or emailing, make a phone call or use video chat to build up a more meaningful connection. Build activity in your day by trying something new or settling a small goal for yourself. All this is you could have done that done. before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is what people. This is just now an excuse. Uh, start a new fun project or challenge that you, that you could share with friends or loved ones. Engaging in activities and inter- interacting with people that well, that's you. not that doesn't have anything to do with handling social distancing. That's just a suggestion to to spend your time on. Yeah, to cope. You've got more time to spend, so do something new, learn a new thing, and that's not a that's not bad advice, mind you. I mean, when you're in prison, you've got plenty of time to do new things. You can't do as many new things because you're in prison, but you know. If you hadn't done uh, home workouts before, now you've got time. You can do a few sit-ups. If you didn't know how to make alcohol in the toilet, now you could learn. 
Or, well, uh, no, no, no. Alcohol is essential. You can go and get that. Oh, that, that's right. That's yeah. right. It's a good it's point. Um, so They pe- want people to drink heavily to forget their problems. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then even if they do get angry from you, alcohol makes people angry. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't know anything about that. Um, uh, then the, the hangover the next day, the government doesn't have to worry about it. So uh, uh, how are you coping? Uh, are you starting to become depressed because of this? You could let us know. 855-450-FREE. Yeah. F is in freedom. That's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com Welcome back, everyone, to Free Talk Live Radio, where you control the airwaves, which you can do so by calling in at 855-453-F as in freedom. That's 855-450-3733. I'm your host, Vincent, and we are joined by... It's Ian. And we're going to continue. Now, uh, we're actually pivoting. Before we go to the phones, I just want to uh, give a teaser. We're pivoting away from coronavirus news now, thankfully. Really? To... uh, Yes. There's to, other news? Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, you know, wasn't there just always the coronavirus? Uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I, like, people are acting as if this is like the, you know, the movie 12 Monkeys, right? Because I saw they uh, had the phrase post-coronavirus world. It's like, what? You think we're going to have to live underneath cities and, like, you know, bu- wearing bubble suits and everyone looks like the Michelin tire man? I so, have other news, too, actually. Uh, so you'll never guess who pressed Bernie Sanders to drop out of a race. But uh, before that, we would go to the phones via the Discord call-in line where Dave from New York is on the line. Uh, welcome. Thanks for the call. What's on your mind? You can hear me, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, because um, I, I was listening to the radio today because I, I was out and about today. People say, oh, you're supposed to be social distancing, not going. I go out every day, every day, because I will not be a hermit. I don't like don't like being a freaking hermit. Good for you. I got things I got to do. I never thought I would agree this much with Dave, but <laughs> uh, man, I totally am with you on this, Dave. I also go out every single day. Can't sit home and be a hermit because, you know, I, I got to do laundry. Uh, food. I, I I do the Instacart thing. It's good to know that you're doing I, I, laundry. I do. That's important. It's important for hygiene. So you're listening to the radio. What, what's what's the point? Uh, what, what did uh, what, what did you notice on the radio? I thought this thing would be over by like maybe the end of April, and then I hear hear uh, Andy Cro- Andy the Crook. I I don't like him at all. I you're, hate him. You're referring to uh, um, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York things but like it's i i don't want to say it was, i i don't want to say it, the, the word because you know we're, we're live or whatever but um i i just don't like him and i thought this whole thing would be over by like maybe the end of the april but now i hear uh may 15th really gina really what the hell uh did you hear that the governor in new york is now going to order all people to wear masks when they're in public a mask if if it's if, uh, if 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 somebody makes me a Decepticon logo mask, 
I don't because like you know, I, all I can do is like maybe walk around with with, with like a um a kitchen towel or or like you know something just a cover, like like a kitchen half kitchen towel or something to use <laughs> on the refrigerator or something. Um, the only way you know I'll, if 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 somebody can make me a, a Decepticon uh, a mask or something, and I'm over here in Dutchess County. Why don't you give York. us your I'm, address I'm in case somebody wants to send it to you? Uh, P.O. Box 313, Pleasant Valley, New York, 12569. Well, that's right. Yeah, Ian, there's that video where you sent Dave that package. Right? <laughs> I didn't yeah, send Dave it to him. I didn't well, send it to it him. It said it was from Ian Freeman. No, it wasn't, it wasn't me. Package. Anyways, right. Right. Thanks, thanks, thanks for the call, Dave. I got us. I mean, he's he's normally Dave is incredibly repetitive and hard to handle, but he's he's right about this one. Oh yeah, yeah, and if, right. uh, and that's I mean that, that just puts to shame all of these so-called libertarians who are freaking out, and, you know, going along with this uh, lockdown, right? When you know when when Dave from New York is more pro freedom than you are, yeah, that's you know, a sad time. Uh, so six zero three two eight three sixty one. That Sorry, works. that's the old. Uh, you can get that number 855-453, F is in freedom, 855-450-3733. Uh, now, with, with the other number, it's hard because the, the mic is blocking my view, so mm-hmm. I have uh, the lights. So you'll never guess who pressed Bernie Sanders to drop out. No, I probably will never guess. It was... It was... Your, your mic is muted now. It was uh, Obama. Barack Obama. Barack okay. Obama. Former that would have been my guess, actually. Former President Barack Obama was one of the central figures behind Senator Bernie Sanders' exit from the presidential race, according to a report from the New York Times. While Obama failed to publicly support his for- former running mate throughout the primary race, he quietly worked behind the scenes to encourage the Vermont senator to exit the primary race, having several phone conversations with him over the last few weeks, according to the Times. Former president reportedly made the first call to Sanders at the end of March as a coronavirus pandemic worsened and Sanders' campaign continued to falter, reportedly citing the need to, quote, accelerate the end game. According to the Times, Obama informed Sanders that he had largely accomplished his political goal in moving the party further to the left. And it's an excerpt here. Uh, the two... Yeah, okay, so it just repeats it. That much is certainly true for Biden, who over the course of his campaign has embraced positions once deemed too radical by the party. By the end of a race, Biden Like kid touching. JoeBiden.info. I I think that's... I mean, for politicians, I think that's a normal thing. By the end of... That's not... By by the end of a race, Biden had openly called for raising taxes, embracing Mm -hmm. some form of Green New Deal, and providing government-run health care for illegal immigrants. How are they going to raise taxes now? I mean, nobody's making any money. Well, yeah, well, yeah, and that's thing they want to give people all like you know a universal basic income. And there's been a proposal for two thousand dollars a month of UBI on the table now. Apparently, there's a new bill at uh, the federal level that would bring a two thousand dollar check to everybody every month during this uh, shutdown. And from what I saw, it'd be regardless of if they submitted a tax mm-hmm. tax. So, so in theory, I could get some of that money. Um, so which, is, which is why I 100% support that new bill. Um, according to the Times' sources, Obama, quote, mostly listened to Sanders, who was in a reflective mood, speaking candidly about his post-campaign plans and feelings about the race, the kind of conversation who the two cares? men never had before. Well, I mean, I like the bell. I can't stand this inside politics crap. I don't care if uh, Barack Obama's talking to Bernie Sanders. Well, I think it just shows that Obama, well, it shows that uh, the DNC was always against Sanders. I mean, even even to the end, even to now, they're against 
Sanders. And I think what mm. did it in what did in Sanders's campaign was his coronavirus thing, because even though Joe Biden, so? some yeah, yeah, because even though Joe Biden somehow right somehow was beating Bernie Sanders, and I, I think it's mainly I I agree he with was Trump in the primaries, yeah, and I agree with Trump that. Uh, Elizabeth Warren's purpose in the race was to siphon off delegates from Bernie from from Bernie Sanders. Could be because uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's like what a spoiler, right? She was a spoiler candidate, but because of this coronavirus thing, I mean, I've only been seeing Joe Biden on these big uh, the only on these big uh, talk shows and such. So you know, Joe Biden was getting pushed. Even you know he was he to be fair was a front runner, but it was still the race was still up in the air, right? I wasn't going to count Bernie Sanders out until after the uh, the Democrat uh, National Convention, but uh, yeah, I mean Bernie Sanders was sort of like a media blackout about him. I think the only thing that I saw him oh, in on. recently was the uh, was Cardi B, right? He didn't he did like a Is that some uh, singer? Yeah, I think so. So I mean that was uh, so I I think the odds were stacked against um stacked against Bernie. Well, and I mean that makes me think what do they have planned, right? Because like for them to rig the race for Joe Biden. Right, a, a doddering, senile old creep and fool against Bernie Sanders, who could, who had like pretty much every single college, like like a majority of college students and young people, people yeah, like they under don't age vote. of forty would have voted. Well, no, I think, no, he was able to get people excited, Bernie Sanders. So I, I, I got it's, it's got me thinking. What are they planning? Why are they supporting Joe Biden so much? Well, whatever they're planning, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are going to implement it. So it's coming. That's Total well, police authoritarian medical uh, prison planet state. That's, that's what they've got planned. But I've actually got a, a news story, Vincent, that isn't related to coronavirus. That is way better than po- uh, politicians talking to one another. And it's hilarious. You want to hear it? Absolutely. Here's the headline. NPR reporting, hoping to save the Postal Service, people rush to buy stamps. And okay, so it's not it's not the onion, it's not Babylon. No. B, this is a real news story. No, yeah, they are oh. actually people are so worried about the United States Postal Service because there's been headlines recently about coronavirus killing the Postal Service or whatever. Well, it's that it was going to be bankrupted, and although the Postal Service was it's been yeah, bankrupt for, for for almost its they've entire been losing, existence. No, 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 not its entire existence, but for the last fifteen twenty years, I mean, they've been ever since email came about. It's been the beginning of the end uh, for the Postal Service, and we've reported here on the billions of dollars that they've lost every single year. Um, and so thousands have taken NPR reporting that thousands have taken to social media in the last few days and supported the U.S. Postal Service uh, with the agency in financial trouble during the coronavirus crisis. Twitter users are urging others to buy stamps as a lifeline for the beleaguered agency, as though that is going to somehow save well, this uh, pathetic bureaucracy. And what are we paying taxes for? It's, uh, we'll get to it. 855-450 free. Episode Freedom. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back, everyone, to Free Talk Live Radio, where you control the airwaves. But you could do so by calling in at 855-453. And I want to talk to you right now about Intercoin. Now, thanks to Intercoin, every member of a community can receive a periodic airdrop of money that could they can use on necessities. The UBI, who stands for Universal Basic Income, can be funded by outside donors or by the community democratically voting to gradually inflate their internal mo- money supply. Community currencies powered by Intercoin enable in- communities to help their own without waiting for the federal government and w- without disincentivizing paid work. 
The arrangement is completely voluntary and democratic. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the internet and in meat space. We think that is important here on Free Talk Live. So important that FTL accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin tokens from Intercoin Inc. for advertising. If you think freedom is important too, check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You could invest in this project and potentially make big gains or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. That's intercoin.org. And so in studio, we are joined by... It's Ian, but we've got a special uh, guest who just joined us. Uh, chat room participants on our Discord server will know him as Lumpy. I don't know, is that the, is that the handle you want to use on the air? Do you want to use... Yeah, Lumpy's good. Name? Okay, My Lumpy's friends good. call me Lumpy. All right, Lumpy is in the studio with Only us. Only the old people will know who Lumpy is. Though. It's true. It's good. Well, welcome. Welcome. Glad to have you here. Thanks, Vincent. And You uh, escaped Massachusetts? How did you get out? And there were no cops on the way up here. And I usually really? drive like an old man, mm-hmm. but I got this little sob that's really hauls. Okay. And there was no traffic, so I made good time. Sweet. Yeah, it was That's nice. what I heard. There, there was a lady who has come up from Massachusetts to a few of our crypto meetups over the last, well, more than a few, but recently a few. And uh, she said that when she crossed the border into New Hampshire, the traffic went up by three times between Massachusetts and New Hampshire, that there were way more people. On. Did you notice a difference at all when you when you crossed over? Um, or it is pretty no, late at night. I mean, night. It, was, it, was, it was busy earlier. I think I got out of there at about, I don't know. I'd say about three thirty this afternoon, and then mm-hmm. I got up to um, I don't know, Hollis visit my which family, is in New which Hampshire. is yeah, which is near Nash, which is over. Like, did you notice a difference crossing over? Not really. No? I came okay. up Route Three, which is a pretty big road, uh, four lanes. wasn't it, it, There was it was it was pretty smooth sailing the whole way. Everybody was flying. But I mean, as far as the traffic is concerned, you're saying there's about it was about the same. No, between? but I but I always feel the same thing that you know I don't know why it is. It's a psychological thing. Whenever you cross the border from Massachusetts to New Hampshire, especially, mm-hmm. it's like a weight is released off your shoulders. Yeah. It really is. You're I the, didn't take off my seatbelt. Right. Well, I mean, it's sensible it to wear on. a seatbelt. Um, but you're the you're the only person there. I've talked to three people now. One guy who works regularly, a listener of ours who works in uh, Massachusetts, lives in New Hampshire. He says there's a difference when he goes from Massachusetts into New Hampshire, that there's more people on the roads. And she said that's you're the only person who has said there it's been about the same. Yeah, that's it was about the yeah. same. It was it's been pretty busy. Like uh down in uh Dennis and Yarmouth on the Cape on Cape Cod, which is where I live, uh there's plenty of traffic during the day. Good to know. Gas prices are down. What are they down there? Um I, I saw Buck ninety on the way in. Buck seventy one at wow. the cheap store. Yeah. All right. That's I'm hoping we hit a dollar. Yeah, I want, I'm to, see so a, I want to see 99 cent gas again. I wonder how that would be with all hyperinflation and <laughs> you know how 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 the dollar has been. You know, I wonder how it all works out. That well, way. apparently it was I think Minnesota last week. There were some stations that were at 80 cents. Nice. So it's already Great. gotten below a dollar. Yeah. And you know, growing up, I remember via climate alarmists, they were saying I'd see some of they'd say that gas was going to be like ten dollars a gallon by twenty twenty, and it would there'd be nope. lines, and it would be terrible. Oh, we're gonna run out, and yeah, no, it's 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 it's. Another example of why they're wrong. Uh, waiting patiently on the line is Larry from Indianapolis. Uh, thank you for the call. What's on your mind? Hey, I remember the gas wars of the 1970s where gas was 25 cents a gallon. Wow. But after that, we had a inflation of about 15% for mortgages. So I guess it's a trade-off. Anyway, I just wanted to talk a little about when we do open our... Uh, commerce back up 
we have to do all or nothing. You can't have a restaurant with people walking around with face guards and other stuff. When you go in to have a meal, you pay a premium, right? Mm-hmm. And you want your servers and uh, stuff to be attractive, right. and you want them to be friendly. Right. I mean, you cannot have our society on any level if it's not all or nothing. Right. I if mean, I wanted to pay- go to a hospital uh, cafeteria, I'd go to the hospital cafeteria. <laughs> If no, I want to go true. and have a nice meal out, I want I have a certain expectation, and they're talking about just completely ruining that uh, that experience for people. They can they can never do it, and they can never also well, ruin gonna. our our relationship. They do their damn darn fools. But well, do you, I mean, anyway. you heard the statement earlier from the California governor, right? I mean, he, I did, I did, yeah. I heard him talking, but he said servers that, in California are going to have gloves on, they're going to have masks on, they're going to give you a d- disposable menu, uh, that's three full body condoms for all. <laughs> that's rotten. Hey, that's rotten. People are going to rebel against that. These I hope workers so. will. That, that put, just puts the F in freedom, let me tell There's you. There's not a lot of evidence that people are going to rebel against that, especially in California. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, uh, they need to go ahead and open things up. And for all these high-priced paid athletes, uh, you're definitely not going to have no basketball or either football because you got to practice, you got to be in close contact. And just think of all those men who have spent their whole lives uh, doing that profession and have trained themselves, and they're going to lose all that money. So whoever's doing this, or if it's Dr. Fauci, and you can look up Dr. Fauci on Google, and find out that he was part, played a part in the AIDS ac- ap- epidemic, hmm. and he was uh, uh, sanctioned for that. So I think Dr. Fauci really is a false prophet, and he needs to be crucified. That's well. That, that, that's that's a little. Uh, that's a little. That's, that's a little much. But uh, yeah, no, I absolutely Woo. agree. And thank you for the call, Larry. Uh, yeah, I've seen pictures of Dr. Fauci with like David Rockefeller and George Soros and all all the all the usual suspects. And he it was just a few months ago. He was saying that the opposite of what he's saying now. That oh, you know, it's 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 you know, this thing is going to be fine. And yeah, I, I definitely think Fauci is a hundred percent a bad actor. It was just trending on Twitter just a few days ago. It was fire Fauci. And Trump retweeted a tweet that had hashtag fire Fauci. And when asked about it, they said, why'd you retweet that? And he said, I don't know. But he uh, wouldn't he wouldn't fire him. Uh, I mean, I, I, I certainly do hope he gets fired or arrested. Um, it won't make a difference. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, probably not arrested, but at least uh, fire. Because I, I think he's he this is all according to plan to take down the, the U.S. economy and um, just have, have it be a power That's grab. what I hear people keep saying, but what, I mean, I understand that's a byproduct of all this that's happening, but what makes you so sure that that's what's happening? That this, um, I think because they could just do what Sweden is doing or Belarus is doing, right? Just re- treat it as if it's any other normal um, seasonal uh, flu. Yes. Well, not, not necessarily the flu because I understand people are concerned just because of how virulent it is and how it affects people with preexisting conditions. I mean, I think that if they are be, if, if this was about like, if they are being altruistic, it would be the people who they would quarantine the people who are at risk for it instead of quarantining everyone. You wouldn't have them labeling certain businesses as essential and other businesses not. This is destroying all the small businesses while businesses like Walmart, Amazon, or you know, at least in Walmart, you know, Amazon's internet based, so it's different. They're still being allowed to have very you know they're still allowed to have a brick and mortar locations open, just albeit with a few changes. And they're the ones getting the stimulus money, right? Not the small businesses. Mm. 
Uh, so that that's my view, and I I mean I don't think I, I understand your point. I don't think it's a I, I can't say I'm all 100 percent certain this is a, you know this is a plot, but from the research I've done, uh, that's that's what I'm leaning towards. Well, I don't I'm not going to say that the coronavirus itself was a plot, but the plot has definitely come out after the coronavirus, and the plot is and I think you're you're onto something here, Vincent, is to impoverish people even further. Uh, to take businesses that were on the the edge, you know, maybe they were just barely paying their employees and just barely getting their rent paid. Well, those they're all going out of business, all of those businesses, because there's no chance they're going to come back from this. You have Americans living paycheck to paycheck, don't even have right. $500 in savings. Now they're going to be more dependent on government than exactly. ever. And you even had Rahm Emanuel himself on television repeating his famous quote saying, oh, never let a good crisis go to waste. He said that recently again? Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. Well, when I recently, I, I covered it a few weeks ago. I mean, he said wow. it. He said it the first time, and then he said it again. It's like these people have no self awareness. Right. This isn't helping the American people. It's empowering the American governments. They're going to give them this little stimulus check, which right. is which all they're going to do is buy booze, and you know, it's not enough to do anything with. Maybe pay off a right. couple of bills, and they're going to be. It, it, what's that going to be able to buy in a year anyway? If they're printing out all this money. And that's that's just hush money. That's all it is, is to keep you sure. keep you. It, it's hush money, just like Social Security, just like all those things. They give you a little bit of money, give you enough to be comfortable, and they like you to be dependent on the government. They love you to be dependent on them, exactly, because they can just print out more money. They can just put add zeros. That's a good point. It's just enough money to keep people happy, but not enough for them to be uh, get, become independent or start their own businesses. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. Can't F's start a business now anyway. F, uh, yeah, that's a good point. F is in freedom. This is free it's talk hand live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. Welcome back, everyone, to Free Talk Live Radio, where you control the airwaves. You can do so by calling in at 855-453-F is in freedom. That's 855-450-3733. In studio, we're, we're joined by... Lumpy. And Ian. And I'm your host, Vincent. And we'll go to Zach from Utah calling in, listening through freetalklive.com. Uh, welcome. Thank you for the call. What's on your mind? Hi, hi guys. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was going to say the probably the biggest um, disappointment for me with this whole lockdown is all the countries have uh, locked down their borders. Uh, personally, I like to travel, and and while I understand that you know they don't want transmission from country to country, um, it, it's just it's just kind of scary when countries can lock their people within their borders. Yeah. Well, I- and uh, go ahead. No, 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 no. It's 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 okay. Go ahead. I uh, know. I, I I just was just going to say that. Um, just overall, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, that in the future, if they try and do this, that it, it will just be to lock us in here, and and that's probably the biggest thing that you can't run 
because you're stuck, you know, in your home country. Well, that's a very good point. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, sure. And also, um, it, it seems to me that uh, this is presenting a lot of opportunity. This is a opportunity to invest, in my opinion, that, you know, with this crisis, there will be opportunities. Um, and I just think that we need to um, keep an eye on out in the marketplace. Well, are there any things that you're like you think will be particularly hot investments? Uh um, not, not anything like one particular thing. Um, I've just been investing in undervalued companies that where their book value is, where is, um, higher than its market cap. Uh, that's been the only thing that I've been really focusing on, honestly. All right. Well, thank so. you for the call. And, uh, I, I mean, I guess it's always a good time to invest in, in something, right? Different. Uh, so, some would say, oh, yeah, buy the dip. You know, the stocks are on sale, which I think now is probably one of the worst times to get into the stock market. Uh, you think? Just because, uh, Why? Yeah, you because you think it's going to keep going down? Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm i by no means an expert, but for it hasn't. But the, the stock market hasn't gone down past. Uh, pre-Trump level yet. I think, it was, well, actually, I, I, I don't have a Dow in front of me, but so currently there's still a little bit of the gains that happened under, or you know, during, not, uh, yeah, dur- during Trump's uh, tenure as president. Also, you could see when there would be a spike and then another drop, it's because when the, the uh, it was with when the Fed would start just injecting money into the economy, right? The stock market would go up and then it would go back down just because there's, there's you know, little, uh, little faith or confidence during times of crisis. I think the stock market's gone back up. Uh, I think it had like the highest point gain and lost loss in its history during this crisis. After, and uh, it went up when Trump passed the, or you know, when, when the government passed the stimulus package and it hasn't gone back it hasn't gotten to its previous high which i think was like around like 29,000 points on the dow jones but um yeah i it's it's very fickle so i well um, i mean you can look at the price of the dow jones or the s&p or whatever but that doesn't say anything about the individual companies right that's just no, that's an true. overall picture and I, I i'm like you i'm not an investment advisor i don't have any experience at at buying these things or trading the, for the most part with with stocks um, but you know, certainly there are going to be some companies that do well. You know, which ones those will be, I don't know. I mean, some people probably think like, you know, buying food delivery companies is a good idea. Or, Uber, Amazon yeah. stock. Oh, but that's Amazon stock is expensive. Plexiglass companies. <laughs> you have you mas- know? masks. You know, Rite Aid. Yeah. Uh, you know, three um, M. But a lot of these Avery. things, it's probably already too late, right? Like if you didn't figure this out two months ago. You're probably a little late to the party. Yeah, yeah, and you you're gonna end up uh, trying to catch a draw a falling knife. Uh, so, Ian, you said you had more on the post office. Oh yeah. Speaking of uh, you know companies that people are interested in, uh, apparently there's a story at NPR, and you know, whether the post office is really a company is up to debate because they still, to some extent, are relying on the federal government for setting the rules by which they do their business and uh, the mandates on retirement policies and things like that but there have been all these stories recently in the media about oh the postal service they're gonna die by june uh you know because coronavirus good because i really don't like the crap that comes in the mail i get nothing but junk, junk mail. mail that's yeah. it uh well i mean i get a little bit more than junk mail but then again i don't i've got one of those private mailboxes and for whatever reason the junk mail doesn't go to that those places so i don't get those but i still get the junk mail here at the house occasional burger king coupons so that's that's other than junk that's the only thing i look forward to in the mail yeah uh and of course the the mail has dropped off over the last two decades since email came out 
Um, but now all of a sudden people are worried and they're going out and according to NPR, they're buying stamps and they're taking to social media to try to help the postal service. According to NPR, since the crisis began, the postal service's business has tanked. Mail volume has decreased by nearly a third. Remember that's after it's already decreased quite a bit over the last two decades and the agency is projecting a $13 billion shortfall this year. As a result, the Postal Service is asking lawmakers for as much as $89 billion in cash infusions to weather the financial storm. But President Trump is opposed. According to the Washington Post, he threatened to veto the $2 trillion coronavirus aid package if it provides funds to bail out the Postal Agency. That upsets some people, like Bill Prady, who says the Postal Service helped launch his television career. Prady's first writing gig was a script for an appearance by the Muppet character Rolf, the dog is a Postal Service press conference about dog bites. He went on to write for popular broadcast sitcoms and created the Big Bang Theory. He said, quote, In a sense, I can credit my entire career to them and that moment, so this could be a way of paying them back. He's going to go and buy a sheet of stamps from the Postal Service to thank them for all the hard work they've done in the hopes of saving them. Now, and there's more, there's more to the story here, but... the 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 idea that a bunch of people going out and voluntarily buying stamps from the postal service is going to somehow save them don't they lose money on stamps don't they lose money on every letter they hand deliver it probably is true right like because they Phone have to go to, they have to go to congress i think in order to achieve rate increases and to change their business model and so it's very, very difficult for them to change how they do their business. So they probably are behind the ball. But even so, even if it weren't, you know, even if it was like this influx, it's still not going to be enough to save a what is essentially a government agency. So an, uh, another reason to vote for Vermin Supreme, free ponies for all. I mean, can you imagine how they're, the ponies don't take much gas? They might even help make some. Bring back the Pony Express. Bring back well, the Pony Express. Pro, free ponies for all. Well, but, you know, ponies don't... Ponies don't take gas, but in order to like feed them, right? Feed them. Yeah, but the agriculture industry that uses up a lot of energy. Vermin Supreme is playing 4D chess. He knows <laughs> what's going on. Trust Vermin. Trust the plan. Trust, okay. yeah. trust the plan. The friendly fascist. But look, it doesn't matter how many people go out and buy buy stamps because it's not going to save this bureaucracy. That it's not a new thing that they're losing billions of dollars a year. We've been reporting for years on Free Talk Live about the billions and billions over. Yeah, I the think last... it's the retirement accounts that they're they've got all these unfunded That's liabilities right. that they're they've got to take care of for for all these people. They promised them all these long term wages, and you know, hey, a lot of that's maybe they don't make billions of dollars, but it's. There's there's health coverage. You there's, there's yeah, you got to pay all that, and you got to manage all that too. Yeah, when, and their package business is up with all the Amazon and everything, but their mail volume is down. Uh, the letters and such that go back and forth, it's way down. So they're before this whole coronavirus thing, the postal service was in trouble. This may be making it a little more difficult for them. But ultimately, uh, people buying stamps is not going to save them. Now, if you wanted I, I, to save them, I have a li- well, I was going to say I have a list of uh, stamp prices. So for a fifty-five uh, cents, I think. Yeah, right yeah, now. for a first uh, first-class mail forever stamp. So just imagine how many stamps these people are going to have to buy in order. What was it? They wanted like seventy billion dollars. The uh, they wanted for the bailout, the post office. So people are going to do, do. People expect to buy seventy billion dollars no. worth of stamps. It's not going to happen. I mean, this isn't going to be outside of a handful of Twitter loudmouths, basically. Does it show Boomers. when they raised the rates on your list of, of stamp prices, or is it just the uh, current list? Rate change as of January 26. So 
Didn't they ju- jump it up from like fifty to fifty-five cents? Because it wasn't that long ago that it was forty-five cents. Yeah, it was just I still a few have forty-five cent forever stamps yeah. at my house. Just no. found them a couple days ago. First-class mail forever stamp. Yeah, it's not. It was fifty-five cents and it still is, but that's only for most recent change. If they wanted to save the postal service, they should set it free, and then people could buy shares in the postal service. Just make it like UPS or FedEx or DHL. Yeah. All right, eight fifty-five, four fifty free. I know how many stamps are you buying, or do you have this? <laughs> is Free Talk Live. everyone to Free Talk Live Radio, where you control the airwaves. You can do so by calling in at 855-453, Epicent Freedom, that's 855-450-3733, and uh, in studio we're joined by... Lumpy. It's Ian here. And I'm your host, Vincent, and uh, was there anything more to that post office story, Ian? A little bit, but I think we got some callers There's a little bit. Well, I'm I'm waiting for the delayed ability. Oh, yes. Well, there (laughs) there are other things to say. People are trying to save the Postal Service by buying stamps. According to a story at NPR, Jenna DeWar, professor at the University of Nevada in Reno, was taken aback when she heard the news about the Postal Service. She said, I immediately just kind of had my jaw dropped to the floor because it's such a fundamental service to the community. There are many (laughs) other things that you would think would disappear before that. So it was kind of just a shocking moment to hear something that's written into our Constitution might be going away. Our poor lady's not going to get her weed in the mail. Apparently, she has not been paying attention to any of the news about the Postal Service over the last decade because it's been pretty dismal for a long time. So she went online to order stamps from the USPS website on Monday. But for the next few hours, the page wouldn't load. She figured the site got overwhelmed by the volume of orders. Well, that's certainly a nice thing to think, but it's probably just a crappy government website. Well, at least they didn't blame it on getting, like, a denial of service attack or something by anti-government trolls. Later Um, that day, she got through to the order page and was able to purchase a sheet of heart stamps. Derek Bauman said he bought as many stamps as he could, purchasing a few extra sheets of the JFK-themed ones. Well, good luck feeding your kids with all the stamps that you bought. <laughs> I was going to say, what are the odds that all of these stamps just go, uh, just just collect dust? Because probably these people don't even use the post office regularly anymore. Sure. Uh, so, waiting patiently online is JR listening from TuneIn in Portsmouth. Uh, thank you for the call. What's on your mind? Hello? I'm from Portsmouth. Ian, can you tell me why Vincent called my cell phone number left and messaged me? Why are you First off, first off, I never called. Someone dialed the number and put the. Hey, Vincent, why did you lie about having called and left a message challenging me to call into your show to take you on about 9/11 and about what? I don't recall any of that. He's not lying to you, James. I was sitting in the room. There were some guests who were here. He is lying. I have his own voice. You called to ask a question. And then you don't want to hear the he answer. You asked mail. me a question. Did you want to hear the answer? Or do you just want to keep talking? I know what he did. I was sitting in the room the whole time. All right. I can't hear you on your Obama phone or whatever. So um, thanks for wasting our time. I honestly think James thinks he's doing a service to the world. I really think he believes that. I really do. Uh, no offense, James. You're an a-hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
right. So uh, just, uh, you know, for listeners that want to know what that was about, I feel like we have to explain it. There were some guests who were here in the studio. I think that they wanted to call James or something. And anyway, they handed you the phone after dialing the number. So James keeps accusing you of calling, even though you didn't actually call, which is what you've tried to tell him 10 times, because he's called you on your show about this at least a dozen times. And we're going to hear about it for probably another hundred more times. And And you you left a voicemail because it went to voicemail. You would have talked to him if he answered the phone. All right, let's get this out in the air. What does this guy have? What's wrong with this guy? Really? Uh, he's I'm obsessed. not Probably like know. he has like a, a two-gallon waterhead. I mean, the, the guys who are on from the northern marinara sauce islands yeah. were really good. They, I mean, they yeah. had him like almost seeming like a, a like he could be calm, and and I I don't know if he's like pushing everybody to get to like that point where they're they have to be really nice. I don't know. Maybe he thinks he's me. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure it out. I, he's the only person I've ever had to block on Discord. Wow. The only person I've I had to block. And I I, ha- I kept the, the, the conversation. I have photographs of the old conversation. He was obsessed with you? Rich. Did he threaten you? No, but no? Okay. you know, he's not gonna threaten me. If he does well, now he's going to, isn't he? Because he he's, just heard me say that. Well, let's see all, all the Discord messages uh, I'm going to be dead next. <laughs> well, I know. Actually, I'm curious, though. Don't so worry, he's, James. He's talking about Rich, so I've never heard him talk about you. Rich Paul. I've seen no, formerly known as Rich Paul, now known as Nobody. What was his obsession there? Uh, he just kept going back and forth about saying Rich lied about something, and, and do you think he's moral about this? And that's why I kind of thought about it. I, I, I didn't really pay much mind to it. But I kept the things just in case because he could, you know, he could be a dangerous, he is possibly a dangerous person. I know he's made threats he's, and he says he's not made the threats. And I know he's got, what, 83 is it now? DUIs? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I've lost, lost track. track. I've lost track. Oh, that's funny. James, um, alcohol is not agreeable with you. Right. Right. We do something good for yourself. Not making brother. him more happy. Oh, he, he's, no, he's no. way beyond a mean. No, I, I know there have been nights that he's called in and he's passed out before he got his chance on the air, and we know it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's been more than one. Um, we uh, now we go to Christine from Maine, listening on YouTube. Christine, uh, thanks for the call. What's on your mind? Hi, um, hi. I'm a I'm a nurse, and what I see as a big injustice of all of this is that. People aren't getting routine health care right now. They're not getting routine dental care. Mm. And the insurance companies and the government have got to be making a killing on all the savings on that. Interesting. So so you're saying that people aren't going to get their routine health care because they're, are they afraid to go in? No, they can't get the health care uh, like you normally would because, really? um, well, you can't go in for elective procedures right now wow um yeah and you can't go to the dentist unless there's pain in your mouth um unless there's what in your pain 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 yeah like it has to be an emergency right so i can't go get a cleaning i can't go to my regular cleaning that i have scheduled at the uh, the dentist right and we're all still paying for our insurance but we really can't use it unless it's for an emergency Alternately, people also don't want to come to the hospital. There's been a big drop-off in mm-hmm. people coming to the hospital. Well, right, because you know they're worried that they're going to encounter infected people. 
Well, yeah. That also people, it's like out of, if some people aren't going to hospitals because out of like a moral uh, thing because they don't want to add to the uh, pandemonium at hospitals, right? They don't want to take up a bed when someone with coronavirus, a, like a coronavirus terminal patient could be there. Like my father had some sort of, had some mm-hmm. sort of thing and he decided just not to do it out of a moral, um, out of a moral fabric, uh, yeah, for moral reasons. Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Christine? Um, the hospital is not very full right now. At all. Since Have they started. been laying off people or furloughing people? Um, not that I'm aware of. They okay. have been having some people that are able to work from home, hmm. like uh, people who are administrative um, or uh, review charts, um, things that can be done at a computer mm-hmm. remotely. They're working from home, and we all wear masks in the hospital, uh, which... Well, apparently that's coming to everywhere in New York and Pennsylvania. Yeah. Aren't those masks a little bit funky? I mean, think about it. You're putting all this moisture into a mask. You put your hands up to your mask. Thanks for a call, Christine. They're yeah, gross. Thank you. They're gross. And, uh, I don't think it's saving anybody. It's another one of it's those. Just for show. It's just well, for show. I also hear about you. In order for it to be totally effective, you need goggles, too, because uh, germs could get in through your eyes. I think they look silly. We've had uh, most pe- most medical people we've had call in and talk to have said that hospitals are not full. So, I mean, I'm, uh, something's going yes. on here. Thanks, Christine. 855-453. F is in freedom. This is Free Talk Live. Find out about your common law rights. Move about the land freely in your personal conveyance or on foot. Know what to say if stopped by a man or woman in a costume and proceed safely on your way. Also, find out how to lawfully keep all the money you make free of tax. Protect your liberty and freedoms in a peaceful and lawful way by adding William Stenson 60 at yahoo.com to your Skype contacts. And let's talk free on Skype. That's William Stenson 60 at yahoo.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Free Talk Live Radio, where you control the airwaves. Which you could do so by calling in at 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. And in studio, we are joined by... Lumpy! It's Ian. And I'm your host, Vincent. And so now... Uh, it's actually I'm glad uh, glad Lumpy's here because we have a um, I, I could get I'm your, glad I'm per, here. your we could get your uh, perspective on this. You know what the Libertarian Party needs now more than ever a life. Uh, uh, yes, but uh, what else it needs is a Republican politician running for their presidential <laughs> spot. Um, oh no! Bumper. But uh, <laughs> but uh, before we get to that, I want to talk to you about Forkfest 2020. Now, join liberty-minded oh, volunteerists, anarchist. What I heard that I heard the busybodies are once again coming after the governor in New Hampshire, trying to get him to shut down all campgrounds. Oh no! Like specifically campgrounds? Yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but they're trying to get like tr- they tried again like a week ago, and now they're trying again. I'm on that next door neighbor app down on Cape Cod, mm-hmm. and I have never seen more busybodies wanting to call the police on people, sick. snitching it's on sick. everybody. And, 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 you know, I understand the social aspect where you can say, okay, this guy wasn't so good at doing his business, and that's that's one thing, but they, they, they want to call the cops all the time. That's like the number one rebuttal that they have down there. Call the cops on them. And what I tell them when I comment on this stuff, yeah, I know it's it's – 
online comments like anybody's going to read it. But I say, you know, I tell them, I say, do you know what? That's like calling a hit on somebody. You realize what you're doing? But I understand that people on the Internet have this level of release where it's, I mean, think of the, uh, you know, the Bob's and Vigana song. I don't know. know that song. Oh, well. Can you sing it? Oh, let's see. Every guy's <laughs> on YouTube. I don't know if it's PewDiePie or who it is, but there's a, oh, man, I can't think of it. It's so, what it is, is there's a very, there's a, I'm going to sound really awful here. So there, it's it kind of makes fun of Indian men. Wait, Indian as in uh, from India, from India, from okay. India. So because they have such a very repressed society, <laughs> now this is the theory I'm I'm going on, right? They they don't talk about things, so they literally go out in the mm. street and they scream at stuff. So now this technology comes to India, which is changing, you know, and and it's 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 evolving quite, you know, their their economy's been number one in the nation in the world, you know, coming up for a long time. So they have this. Now they have the internet all of a sudden, so now they have a place to scream. So they kind of make mm. fun of uh, the Indian men when they, are you girl? <laughs> they're like, they'll have, oh, I know what you mean. Open yeah. up your cloth. Hey, girl, will you open up your cloth? You know, and all this, like, the words that are, anyway. I'll have to yeah, see I, I know what you mean because I, I, I know someone who's an Instagram model, quote, model, and she would have, like, these guys from the East, not necessarily India, but, like, from Nepal. I think in this case, the guy was from Nepal who, and it was a real guy, it wasn't a bot, who would send all these weird messages saying, oh, yes, yes, you look very nice. I want you to be my girlfriend. And um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's so I, I understand the, stero- uh, the yeah. stereotype of a phenomena. I don't feel like that's the whole thing, but I do that know that comes through a lot. But it's interesting what uh, what you brought up about the internet because there is like a disconnect with the internet because it's easy to curse someone out on the internet because you don't have to see them, you don't have to be next to them, you could do all sorts of awful things sure. because there's no empathy compared to if you like see the person, right? If you're in front of a person, you have to take out the phone, you have to dial 911. Yeah. And have you seen those videos of like just these women, they, they call them Karens, right? I don't know exactly why, <laughs> yeah. but these women just screaming at people who are just in their car just walking outside uh and threatening to call the police uh luckily i haven't seen any of that in uh new hampshire because i've been going out like we haven't had anyone scream and yell at us at the night new hampshire's a little bit different people don't even even the right wingers in new hampshire they're like i don't want to call the cops on anybody there was one guy who drove by the social sunday this week uh in a truck and yelled something about Get masks on or something something about put masks on. But for the most part, um, when we did our when we did our protest two weeks ago at Concord, which there's going to be another one on uh, Saturday, Ooh, yeah. I would say most of the responses we got were positive. Lots of honks and thumbs up. Um, there were some, of course, thumbs down, some middle fingers and some negative responses, a couple of hecklers, um, more so than what we've gotten here in Keene. But then again, it's also a self-selected group. The kind of people that would be out driving are more likely to be supportive. So who knows what the average uh, person would think of that protest. Unless there's like an particularly insufferable busybody who goes outside just to look for people who are violating uh, the sure. shutdown. Which I'm sure there's plenty uh, of people, people who exist. do it. Hey, I want to in- inject here what Christian Anarchist said in our Discord chat oh, over at discord.lrn.fm. Since we were talking about hospitals with the nurse there a few moment- moments ago, he says... Just heard from someone who we know. Again, he his wife is a doctor, so he manages, uh, you know, a doctor's clinic, and so they talk to doctors, right? He says someone we know who has a relative who works in a hospital in New York City 
guess what? The hospital is nearly empty. Where are the sick people being kept? Remember like a week or two ago, there were stories about how there were so many bodies, they had to lay them out in the streets? Hashtag film your hospital. It's all for show, right? They didn't have to put those bodies out in the streets. They did it for the photo. I'll bet you that they get paid a certain amount. Somebody gets paid a certain amount of money that probably comes from the federal government. This is just a guess, and and this is just something that just seems plausible anyway. If you diagnose somebody with coronavirus... Testing, testing, testing. Eventually, you're going to test positive for something with an 80% false positive. But they're, I bet you they're paying the hospitals boatloads of money for a, for a you know, I, I wish I was going to, I should have asked Christine earlier when she was on here. Uh, th- that's, that's, probably, you know, that's probably what's going on. It, the, the, everything is shut down. You can't talk about this online. You can't mention the words. You can't say anything. They're going to shut you down unless it's the WHO, which is... Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, trust them. Are you kidding me? And and now we're forced to. There people are at least these people who are pushing this BS about hospitals being overflowed. Now they have to respond to it. Uh, by and their response is, oh well, yeah, hospitals are empty because we're waiting for the surge. Right? There's going to be a surge of sick surge. people coming, and they keep saying, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, week after week, it's coming. It's coming. I mean, these people are worse than like the Nibiru or QAnon people. For like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. The surge is going to come. There's going to be more sick people than we know what to deal with. There's going to be thousands of deaths, and it's just you know, I mean, it's it's. And not, not, I'm not trying to downplay anyone who's died. Obviously, you know, human death is tragic and such. But this is just sort of so much ado about nothing. And people are, are just buying onto it because uh, was it, a lie could travel halfway around the world before the truth puts its pants on. Hmm. So um, I, 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 I just want to there's just a few paragraphs on this because it's mainly speculation. But so. Could, well, or I was going to ask you to. Uh, Ian doesn't like the guessing game, so I'll just say so. Yeah, so Representative Justin Amash, who's now he was a former Republican from Michigan. Now this is from Reason.com. This morning contemplated his three-stage transition from not ruling out a Libertarian Party presidential bid to hinting coquettishly at the necessity of a third approach to national politics to now calling direct attention to his White House deliberations. Quote, in mid-February, Justin Amash paused active campaigning for his congressional seat to carefully consider a presidential run, his office emailed to reporters this morning. He has been discussing the potential campaign with his family, his friends, his team, and his others, and a decision can be expected soon. The, libertar- excuse me, the libertarian congressman now has 35 days to decide whether he is ready to navigate the idiosyncrasies of America's bronze medal party and potentially subject himself to half year's worth of bottomlessly funded abuse from Democrats and Republicans busy whipping themselves up in a hate bath of negative polarization. And then they ask questions. We're not going to get into it. So, I mean, wouldn't that be something, right? After all of this effort from Vermin Supreme from Adam Kokesh. Uh, I don't know but if, if John McAfee is still running. Like, uh, you he know, is. He is? Okay. So actual libertarians, you know, principal people, all of that effort would just go out the window if Justin Amash throws his hat in because for some reason, Libertarian Party, or at least the bigwigs, they have some they have some sort of hard-on for uh, establishment politicians despite them saying, you know, guess what's the problem of this country? It's these establishment politicians. I, w- I still haven't heard how the Libertarian Party is going to actually select their candidate. Oh, that's how right. are they going to have a convention? It's over Zoom. Huh? Over Zoom. <laughs> With a thousand people? I don't think you can do that. Oh, I, uh, well, actually, I'm going to be in a Zoom meeting for a class of dozens of people, like uh, nearly like 80 people. So I'll tell you how it is. Um, final segment of Free Talk Live coming up. And uh, don't uh, stay, stay tuned for the exciting conclusion.
Welcome back, everyone, to Free Talk Live final segment. And we have uh, loaded phone lines as usual in the last segment, so we're going to speed through these. Have, um, first, we go to Mike in Gold Bar, Washington, listening through KBKW. Thank you for the call. What's on your mind? Oops, hold on. Sorry. So, sorry, I'll, I'll get to you. Damn. I'm, uh, okay, I'm, I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. i gotta got to build the delay. Um, wh- in the meantime, I'll, I want to thank Joe Shull. You know, am I, am I pronouncing that properly? Probably. I want to thank Joe Shull, who is an amplifier with Free Talk Live. And... Um, Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thank yeah. Thanks, <laughs> no, no, Joe. I want to thank you for deeply from the bottom of our hearts because without the amplifiers, none of this would be possible. And if you want to learn how to have your name read on the air and be an amplifier, you could just go to amp.freetalklive.com. So okay, you so- can also amp the show without having your name read too. So if you'd prefer to be anonymous, that's the default. Yeah, right, that's that's yeah. very possible. That's um, that's possible as well. Okay, so sorry about that, Mike. Um, we're good now. Uh, thank you for the call. What's on your mind? Um, I'm just, I'll make it quick so you can get your other callers in. Um, I'm getting, I'm a senior and I'm actually almost afraid to go to these, come on seniors. We have two hours just for you in the morning at the grocery store. <laughs> right. Come on in and here, have a Kool-Aid and maybe a red pill or, or something. <laughs> and then they're going to put me in a cooler. Uh, so, and, and what, what, and then the government's, then the government's going to bail them out. So they, you know, so they're going to survive because they, they took care of, uh, the disposable, uh, people. That's me. Anyway. Just a conspiracy. Have a great night. I don't think oh, you're disposable. Thank, Thanks thank you, for your call. Thank you for the call. I was going to say that sounds like something out of a soiling green. And you know, one of the, one of the theories that, like, one of the more like as people say out there conspiracy theories is is that COVID nineteen was um, weaponized to get rid of the excess old population because that's who the governments owe the most amount of money to, right? All these unfunded liabilities because mm-hmm. you know you can't pay someone if they're dead. It's true. So now we go to David from New Mexico listening over TuneIn. Uh, thank you for the call. What's on your mind? Yeah, in that same vein, now is a good time to uh, just do what you can to destroy governments. Just using uh, New Mexico as an example, New Mexico is the poorest state in the nation, and they don't produce anything here. For example, 40%, literally 40% of their annual budget to run their government comes from oil and gas extraction, the, the uh, tax on that extraction. And, and uh, then, if you keep in, keep in mind that uh, they got three, four military bases here and two national labs, uh, and so and their revenue is going to go down by, it was up by a billion when prices were up on oil and gas, and now with with COVID happening, now they're down three billion on a on a six seven billion dollar budget. So that's huge, and New Mexico is the is probably. Uh, uh, in the top five and probably in the top three for communist governments around the nation. And so now is the time to drive a stake through through the heart of uh, uh, places like this. And so it's a good time to uh, brainstorm as to how to, you know, drive the nails in their coffin on their budget since they're they're getting pushed down anyway. Well, I want to give props uh, to a company in Albuquerque called Calibers. Have you heard about this store, David? Yeah, yeah, I mentioned it on your program yesterday. Yeah, so go ahead to tell what you know. You'll say I wasn't on yesterday, so I might not have heard the conversation. But there's a gun gun shop in Albuquerque that has reopened. 
despite the governor saying they are not allowed to open up, the gun store owner, Louis Sanchez, says the order that so-called non-essential businesses must close is an overreach by the governor. He says, quote, so we at Calibers have decided we're going to open up with social distancing on our range. And you know what? We're going to take this fight back to her. We feel that unless somehow she's got a magical power to take the Second Amendment out of our Constitution, that we have a right to open up. Now, this story was from two days ago uh, over at, K, I think, KKOB. All right, yeah. so now there's one person in the country that has <laughs> Right, one guy. Uh, and then uh, Pilar Martinez from the Albuquerque Journal reported yesterday that he has indeed reopened his gun range. So he wasn't just talking. Kudos He, he to did him. it. So. Right, yeah, and so hopefully that will continue. And, and if anybody does come to enforce anything, hopefully uh, hopefully people will step in to have a word with them, or, or even better, more businesses will op- open up so that they can't keep up with the putting out fires. You know what I mean? If they go after this one, one guy and 20 more open up, they don't have enough resources to go enforce it all. So, you know, now's the time to attack them. That's uh, that, that's going uh, that's going to require a lot of courage on a lot of people's behalf. So before I let you go, Dave, so you you talk about now it's time to destroy the government, but do you have any pragmatic suggestions on how one might do that? What, what's your, like what, what's your one suggestion? My my one suggestion is is that old expression about herding cats. If you if you make them herd cats, they will not be able to keep up. Which means you know putting out fires. If you if they just whack them all, just keep popping up, popping up, popping up. I think they're doing that to fire. us. Well, turn the tables on them. Well, that's um, actually, you know, I, I was expect when I saw the. Uh, well, thank you for the call, David. Now, you know, I was expecting uh, him to I advocate. Always like his call. Uh, I, I was expecting him to advocate violence, just because of the, you know, to destroy the government, but as on the subject line. But um, yeah, that's that's actually a very good idea. But the problem is, at least from my view, is it requires, as I said, a lot of people and a lot of courage on their behalf. And unfortunately, uh, courage is in short supply these days, especially with so many people scared to death of this um pandemic but uh speaking of courage if there's going to be um and, and uh, originally it was under what was a health new health freedom new hampshire that's right uh for saturday in concord now apparently it's a more there's another organized thing happening it's called hashtag reopen new hampshire rally in vehicles on foot use masks social distancing or not just be there this is from is this is the same thing just rebranded or what uh it it's um for the same day and time yes yes same, same location day and time. I think it's yes. a good day to yeah, open yeah. up a kissing booth. Uh, I'm going to be offering well. free hugs. If uh, there's some civil disobedience, one. kissing yeah. booth. They even have a website called reopennh.com. Put Mark in there. And there's some people you might not want to kiss though, so <laughs> no, it's it a little is. awkward. Yeah, well, the money's like, right. I'll, I'll give I'll give a hug to anybody. That's okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's not. I mean, what I think it is is like a. I think this is the like the epitome of grassroots. Where there's not like one LLC or organization that's running it. Because there's mm-hmm. going to be health freedom there. Free Keen's going to be represented. Nobody has been asked to speak there. Yeah, I'm going to be there to cover it. Uh, it's um, it's going to be in Concord this Saturday, April 18th. Where? At the, state state at the state house. At the state house. At the state. Thank you. I That's hope for- people don't don't uh, pack the streets with vehicles because then how the hell are you going to park? How are you going to get out and actually like get out and about? I that to me was the worst part about this. So what day is protest. this? This is on a weekend. Saturday. Yes, Saturday. So they're going to be honking their stinking horns and there's going to be nobody inside. Well, there's nobody there anyway. I mean, no one. Uh, the the state house is closed. 
Well, you know, at least this state, you know, it's like the least bad state. You do get a little bit of representation here. If you call any of the representatives in New Hampshire, they'll answer their house or their cell phone, which is usually a flip phone because, you know, (laughs) because they don't they're not into the smartphones yet. They're not there's no rush to get into technology up here. I don't areas. know. I see plenty of state reps with uh, with smartphones. It's probably been yeah. a while since you've been to the state house. I still think. Well, I I, <laughs> I moved up here first in what was it eighty uh, five. Oh wow! So Way back. yeah, I was fifteen. Just a kid. Yeah, yeah, I was fifteen, and um, and there is there's there is a, there's a there's a special quality about the freedom that people can people think about here they just they don't take it for granted either well it's been ripped away by this governor in the last month sununu yeah i mean he's just crapped all over uh freedom in new hampshire and i think i think it's going to make him vulnerable to uh to some challenges specifically by our co-host nobody who is going to be running against him uh this summer Oh yeah, and even before uh, sununu his 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 excellency sununu the second um, even before that, he was getting a lot of bad, uh, just a lot of bad blood from a conservative side of politics here in New Hampshire because of his god awful zoning changes, where it basically would like centralize zoning, and it's mm. uh, yeah, and it basically to turn the entire state of New Hampshire into Section Eight housing and a parking lot. So, um, like to the point where even my you know died in the wool Republican father said he's not going to vote for him if Sununu passes that through. But uh, despite things being slightly better in New, or not slightly better, slightly less worse compared to places like New York, California, New Jersey, Maryland, uh, I think it's great that we're seeing people stand up against this. Sa- also Saturday too, what was it? Um, Alex Jones' sidekick Owen Troyer is uh, running or is hosting a, uh, a a protest in Austin, and you were showing us pictures of Austin just totally shut down mm-hmm. uh, by orders of a city and. So boarded so think, up windows like there's a storm coming. Oh, absolutely. Forced by That's the city. That's insane. The photo was from like three weeks ago. Oh, so it's probably gotten even worse? Maybe. Now. And so I just think it's great that we have all these protests popping up, you know, places, unlikely places, right? You know, Michigan, uh, was there's Rally, North Carolina. And I, I'm hoping that this is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm hoping that there's a lot more of it, uh, a lot more. So if you're in the region and want to come out and support freedom, you know, meet some uh, Free Talk Live hosts, myself, Ian's going to be there. Nobody's going to be there. Uh, I think maybe Mark might even be there. Um, yeah. That would be a shock. That's going to be so this Saturday, April 18th, Concord at noon in front of the State House. Uh, thank you. Thank you guys for being here. Thank, thank you ever you. so much for listening. We'll see you all tomorrow. Free Talk Live, 7 p.m. Eastern. See you then. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's Mike's best offer ever. MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-951-5617 and use promo code FTL. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. Order now. 